What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Lowry. So, the Clippers are 0-3 since the James Harden trade, 0-2 with Harden playing. So, it's been a tough skid for them over the last three games. I'm not really overreacting too much. In this episode, I'm going to give you my thoughts on whether or not it's time to panic for the Clippers, which I think it's crazy for people to think it's time to panic, considering it's only been two games with James Harden on the floor, and we're only seven games into the season. I'll give you my thoughts on that situation. I'll break down how the last two or three games have gone for them, including a game they just played against the Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday night. I actually took a trip up to Brooklyn for that game. It was a great game to see, even though the Clippers lost. It was a dream come true seeing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play together, the 2-13 era. I've been waiting to see both those guys play. And then I also got to see Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Bones Highland and even Terrence Mann. He made his debut for the season in that game on Wednesday night. So I got really lucky seeing them play, even though they did lose at the end of the day. Being able to see them is something that I'm going to cherish forever. Because even if I don't make it to another game during this era, because I feel like this could be the end for them after the season's over. I think the era probably could indeed be over. That's something I could take forever and cherish, knowing I got to see the Clippers play in person. I got to see Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. The big four all played together. And then a lot of my favorite other players on the team as well. Bones Highland, Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, PJ Tucker. I got to see all these guys play in person at the end of the day. So even though they did lose, I indeed won on that day. The Clippers lost. I wasn't mad at them at all with that loss. It's too early in the season to be upset with them losing. Even though I want them to win every game they play, I understand no one's going to go 82-0. Nobody's won the NBA Finals yet either. So even if you are 5-0, and 6-0 to begin the season, nobody's won the NBA Finals yet. And secondly, the season's so long that you're going to have a lot of good spells, 5-6-0 runs where you're winning five or six games in a row. You're going to have some bad stretches as well where you're going to lose three or four in a row. So I'm not going to really overreact too much to a game this early in the season. But one thing I want to note is they are 0-3 since the trade and 0-2 with James Harden on the floor, scoring under 100 points in both of the games with James Harden out there. So is it time to panic? And by the time you're already hearing me ask this question in the episode, you can already tell I'm not going to panic this early in the season. We're seven games into the season. Yeah, we are three and four. We're seven games into the season. It's way too early. And I do think they're going to figure things out. I think the Clippers will get back on track. And I think they'll figure things out. If the Clippers are five and 15 in their first 20 games of James Harden on the floor, then I would really worry about it. But we're only two games into the James Harden era on the floor. Two games he's been on the floor. Three games since the trade. He's only been on the floor for two games. And the rotations at some point I think will be figured out. We just got Terrence Mann back healthy, which is huge. And now Mason Plumlee is out, though, unfortunately, for the next two months with an MCL sprain. That's obviously disappointing to see. Had a rough hit when a reckless Julius Randle dove for a loose ball and really took out his leg, unfortunately. Looked like he hyperextended it. And he ended up now going out in that game, and now he's going to be out for the next two months, which is a big loss to the Clippers. He's the backup center. He surprised me with his ability to pass the ball as a center. I mean, he's not Jokic with the ball passing, but he can pass the ball and look for guys. He's been good defensively. And I think he might be even better on the court, better hands, better coordination than Avita Zubats. Zubats should be better than him. But I do think Plumlee, to some degree, depending on the night, brings more value than Zoo does. And that shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be the case. In the first game after the trade, the Clippers played the Lakers. It was a great game. One of the best games for the NBA. Brought a lot of attention to it. A lot of people were watching. It was a night game. Went right down to the wire. Even went to overtime. The Clippers lost that one 130-125 to 125 in OT. Superstars were going at it on both sides. Paul George and Kawhi landed with Russell Westbrook going up against Anthony Davis and LeBron James. The Clippers are playing on a back-to-back, so it was a tough night for them considering they played the night before. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard had to play a full game, then ended up having to play just the next night. They typically get criticized for not playing in back-to-backs. Well, they shut people up there. They played in back-to-backs, and they played great in this game. 
And the Clippers didn't step down in this one. The Lakers had a night off the day before. The Clippers are coming in, not rested at all, having to play the night before and had to get a big win. And they went into this game. It didn't back down at all. Didn't back down at all. And it did go into overtime. Paul George did fall out in OT, which was tough for the Clippers. He was the best player on the court, I'd say, in that game. 35 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, with 6 of 9 frame 3 and 37 minutes played. In the fourth quarter, it's really where he took over the game. 20 points in the fourth quarter, 4 of 6 from 3, 6 of 8 from the floor, and 4 rebounds. He was terrific when the game mattered most, which is great to see. Paul George, when he is on, is one of the best players in the NBA. I know a lot of people criticize him for his injuries, but when Paul George is out there and he's healthy... He's one of the best players in the NBA. Great two-way, steps up when you need him most, and you saw it in that game in the fourth quarter. 20 points and 4-6 from three. The Clippers needed him to step up in that moment, and he did. Kawhi Leonard was terrific in the game as well. 38 points, a 15 of 28 shooting, six rebounds, five assists, and two steals. I couldn't complain at all with Kawhi's performance in that game. He was great. LeBron James was awesome in this one as well. 35 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists, had a steal and two blocks. 13 to 19 from the floor, very efficient night from shooting. Big reason the Lakers outscored the Clippers 39 to 24 in the third quarter was LeBron James. His playmaking and his scoring ability, he took over the game for the Lakers and really brought them back in it. But in this game... Avita Zubats was getting ripped apart in pick and roll. That's something he needs to get better in. Because the Clippers don't really have an option. They need him out there a good amount of the time. I know they like going small ball. But Zub is the starting center for a reason. Because of his height. And he should be better than he's been showing. And secondly, you need a big man in there. Especially if you're playing a team that has a lot of height. You need a guy in there. When you're going up against Mitchell Robinson. Who's a big rebounding center. You need Zoo in the game, and you need him boxing out and helping you out on the glass. You need it. And you need him helping out defensively as well. He was getting ripped apart at pick and roll. And I know a lot of people are talking about the Clips before the trade, that they were good enough already. They were 3-1 and one before the trade was made, and the starting lineup was really starting to click. And it's because of Robert Covington being inserted in the starting lineup. He was awesome as a starting four, as a starting power forward. And he deserved minutes over the last two years that he didn't get. I think he proved that in that four-game stretch, that he deserved more minutes over the last couple seasons. But right before the trade was made, the Clippers were rolling. They were 3-1 and one in the first four games of the season. And I believe this stat comes from the first four games of the year. There were 43 five-man lineups in the first four games of the season that played 25-plus minutes together across the league. And this is per NBA.com. And of those 43 five-man rotations, five-man lineups that played 25-plus minutes together, two of the top three five-man rotations in net rating came from the Clippers. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Robert Covington, Avica Zubats. Those five guys, the Clippers starting line by the first four games of the season, had a plus 38 net rating in the 51 minutes they played together in the first four games of the year, which was number one in the NBA. Second was the Celtics. Their starting five, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis, and Derek White, had a plus 37.3 rating in 72 minutes played. I believe this is from the first four games just about of the season. And then in third... It's Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Bones Highland, Kawhi Leonard, and Avita Zubats. Plus 30.6 rating in the 30 minutes they played together in the first four games of the year. So the Clippers had two of the top three best rotations in net rating. Two of the three best lineups in net rating in the first four games of the year. They were really starting to click. I know that's a small sample size, but I do think the Clippers were good enough before the trade. And that's why I had them winning the NBA Finals over the Celtics. When they're healthy, when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are healthy, they're good enough to win. But I think the Clippers made this trade because it not only raises their ceiling, but it gives them an insurance plan if Paul George or Kawhi Leonard goes down to an injury. And it gives them a better chance in the Western Conference. 
They went from fourth in the Western Conference odds to first in the Western Conference after the trade was made. And that's probably gone down a little bit in the last few days considering we've lost two games in a row with James Harden in the lineup. But there's a reason the Clippers were favored to win the West after this trade. And it's because of the offense and the playmaking that James Harden brings to your team. He's an instant offensive playmaker right away. Right away. And even though it hasn't completely shown in the first two games of them, I am confident the Clippers will figure things out. In the first game with James Harden, the Clippers played the Knicks. Lost that game 111-97. to Paul George really struggled in this game. 2 of 11 from the floor. 1 of 6 from 3. 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, only 10 points. Kawhi Leonard didn't have his best night either. 18 points, which is a good night, but not a great night. You need more from him. 8 of 16 from the floor. 5 rebounds and 3 assists. Russell Westbrook had a very good night in this one. Very efficient from the floor. 8 of 13 shooting. 17 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. James Harden was good in this game. I'd say he's probably the best clipper in this one. That was on the floor. 17 points, 6 and 9 from the floor shooting. 3 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. Was good when he was out there. Bones Hyman did struggle in this game. Just 5 points and 2 of 9 from the floor. The Clippers had two guys that really stepped up in the first four games of the season. And it was Bones Hyman to Paul George. And they're two guys that struggled in this game. The Clippers had 22 turnovers in this one. And had just 28 points between Kawhi and PG in this game. Just 28 combined points between the two best players. 213. Two being Kawhi Leonard, 13 being Paul George. 213 needs to come up better than that. You can't have just 28 combined points between you two guys. So not only did the Clippers have 22 turnovers, just 28 points from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George put together, they also had 18 offensive rebounds allowed in this game. Nine of them to Mitchell Robinson. Nine offensive rebounds for Mitchell Robinson in this game. And the Clippers are out-rebounded 48-31. to 48-31. to You're not going to win any games being out-rebounded 48-31 to giving up 18 offensive rebounds, and then also factoring in, they turned the ball over 22 times and had just 28 points combined between Kawhi and PG. And the Knicks are a great defensive team. So credit to them. I'm not taking away from them. They're a great defensive team, and they found a way to really stop the Clippers in this one. After that game, the Knicks were second in the league in defensive rating, which isn't too surprising. They gave up the lowest opponent points per game last season. They were also third in opponent field goal percentage allowed last season. They had the second-best defensive rating in the NBA last year and had the second-best defensive rating in the playoffs last year as well. So their defense has been great. So this isn't something that was just a one-night thing. Their defense is great. But one thing that wasn't lucky for the Clippers in this one is that Julius Randle woke up in this game. He was really struggling heading into this one and woke up and had a big night. Heading into this game, he was just 1-15 for in his last two games from three-point range heading into this game. And he was 3 of 8 in this one versus the Clippers. And that was obviously a big reason the Knicks got the win. He was 9 of 21 on the night from the floor. 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 27 points. Heading into that game, though, he was shooting just 23% from three. 27% from the floor. And was averaging just 14 points per game. And of course, in this game, he's 3 of 8 from three and had 27 points. That's just the way that things have gone for the Clippers. You knew Julius Randle was somehow going to wake up in this one. I still thought the Clippers would win. But I knew Julius Randle would wake up and have a good game because that's just the way things go against Clippers a lot of the time. But I'm not going to overreact too much to the first two games of the year. And I'll break down the Brooklyn game in just one second. But if you look at the Clippers and their offense that they have, you have a big four, including two great two-way players in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, two of the best players in the NBA. And then you also add in Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They have four top 35 players in the NBA, in my opinion, and three top 20 players, with James Harden being that third in the top 20. And if you look at their scoring ability over their careers, which I know these players aren't the players that they once were, but they're still obviously great talent still. 
James Harden is third among active players in points in his career. Russell Westbrook's fourth and Paul George's tenth. Three of the top ten highest scoring active players are all on the same team. And among active players, all three of those guys are right up there for most games played without a championship ring. So obviously these guys are hungry to win and bring back a championship to their home of L.A. They're hungry and they want to bring back a championship to L.A. and win their first rings of their career. And I still think it's possible. I'm not going to overreact to just two games. If this was a 12 to 14 game stretch, then you can maybe overreact. 12 games is a lot different than just two. This is just two games. And I think once they do figure things out, the Clippers are going to roll and they're going to be fine. So in the second game of the James Harden era, like I noted at the beginning of the episode, I got to go to this game. My dream has always been to see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play in person. And then when they got Russell Westbrook last season, around February or March, I said, okay, I need to see the Clippers play at some point. Now that they have Russell Westbrook, I obviously knew I wanted to see the play with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But when you add in Russell Westbrook, one of my favorite players in the NBA, I'd say it goes Paul George, then Russell Westbrook probably. De'Aaron Fox is in there. Anthony Edwards is in there. But Paul George and Russell Westbrook are right at the top. Probably one and two. And there's a lot of guys in there as well. Bones Highland, Terrence Mann. There's a lot of guys that are in there as well. Donovan Mitchell. But when they got Russell Westbrook, I said, okay, next season I have to see Russell Westbrook play with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. If he's back on another contract, I have to see him play. Then obviously over the summer he signed a new deal. And then they just got James Harden recently. And I said, okay, there's no option for me now. Now I have to see them play. I have no option but to see the Clippers play in person. And this game was in Brooklyn. The start of the James Harden era. Had some free time and I said, why not go? So I took the advantage of going to this game, got to go there with my sister, and also got to see my buddy Dan the Man Barons, the King of Hasbro Heights. Shout out to Dan the Man. Love having him on the podcast always. Always brings some great insight talking hockey. Can talk a lot of baseball as well, football, basketball. Just like the sports guru Mike Hurley, same thing with the King of Hasbro Heights, Dan the Man Barons. He can come on to talk about any sport, which is something I do appreciate. And I hope to have him back on here again soon to talk about the Islanders, maybe even the Mets offseason. Hopefully we'll have him back on here very soon. But in this game, the Nets didn't have Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, or Cam Johnson. Three important players in their starting lineup. And they didn't have Cam Thomas for the second half. He unfortunately went down with an ankle injury. I believe he's going to miss the next couple weeks, which is tough to see. Cam Thomas has been tearing up the league in the first couple weeks of the year. And the Clippers still found a way to lose this game. With no Cam Thomas in the second half, no Nick Claxton at all, no Ben Simmons at all, and no Cam Johnson at all, the Clippers still lost this game. But at the end of the day, it was such a surreal experience to be there. And to see them play in person, it's something that I'll cherish forever and something that I really can't complain about. They lost the game, but it's so early in the year, and I still have confidence that they're going to turn things around. And over the last year, I got to see Mookie Betts and the Dodgers play in person at Fenway Park. I saw Mike Trout and Shohei Otani play together and the Angels at Fenway Park. Then I got to see the Clippers Big Four play all in Brooklyn together, all healthy, all on the court together, which was obviously a sight to see. In the summer, I got to see Louis Tomlinson as well. One of my favorite artists. So I really can't complain. Over the last year, I've got to see a lot of my favorite athletes, whether you look at Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I got to see all these people play over the last year. So even though the Clippers lost in this one, I really couldn't complain at the end of the day because seeing them play was just a dream come true on its own. It was a dream come true on its own. I went to the game early, got to see James Harden and Paul George shoot around in warm-ups. P.J. Tucker was out there as well. Terrence Mann, Avita Zubats. It was just awesome being there early and seeing them all warm up so close. Probably for around an hour, I got to see them warm up, which was awesome. And then obviously when the game started, went back to my seats. I had very good seats as well. Got to see everything from where I was sitting. And when you sit that close, I feel like the, the game just goes by so fast. It felt like the game was an hour tops. It was really about two hours and 15 minutes. 
The game probably took 7.30 to about 9.45. And the game felt like it went by in an hour. It just went by so quick. And maybe part of the reason was that I was just in awe that I was seeing these guys play. Because I said I've always wanted to see Paul George play in person. Then when you add in Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Kawhi Leonard and Bones Highland and Terrence Mann makes his debut of the season. I mean, it was just all perfect seeing them all play. So in the game, Paul George started off the game very hot, including nine points in the first quarter, had 17 points overall at halftime. Did start to struggle in the second half, though. In the second half, Paul George just had seven points. It was one of six on the floor, 0 of five from three. So they needed a little bit more from him in the second half. But he did start off the game on a high note. Kawhi Leonard got hot in the second half. Wasn't really doing too much in the first half. In the second half, he had 11 points on 5-9 shooting, three rebounds, an assist, and a block in the second half. Only six minutes for Bowens Highland in the game, which is very weird. He only played in the first half. He had just six minutes. And in that six-minute window, he had four points off 2-6 shooting. He was 0-2 from three. Did add in two rebounds. But I was wondering why he only played five minutes and 47 seconds. That's a question for Ty Lue. And it looked like Bowens Highland was healthy and ready to go at halftime shooting around warming up. So I'm not really too sure why he only got 5 minutes and 47 seconds. And I know this rotation they're going to have to figure out. But Bones Highland shouldn't be cut out of the rotation. That's like cutting out Robert Covington in the last couple of years. Bones Highland deserves minutes off the bench. And I think the Clippers will figure out the rotations. I really do. It's going to take some time. But when it does indeed come together, it's going to be beautiful. In the words of former BC football's coach, Steve Adazio, he said, I don't know when this is all going to come together. I don't have a timestamp on it. But when it comes together, it's going to be beautiful. And that was kind of paraphrased from an interview we had. I believe it was in 2017, probably just about 2018. But he said, when it does come together, it's going to be beautiful. And I think the same thing goes here for the Clippers. When things do come together here and things work out, I think it'll be beautiful. And people do forget, the Clippers are 0-5 in the first five games of last season with Russell Westbrook. 0-5. And then they figured things out and had a nice ride after that. And Russell Westbrook ended up being a big part for them in the playoffs. It was a big reason the Clippers fought in every single one of those games against the Phoenix Suns. One thing the Clippers do need, though, is a backup center, I think. I think they need a backup center. I'd love to get a starting center like Miles Turner and maybe have a Dale that's centered around Norman Powell and maybe a draft pick or two and maybe even a Vita Zubats if that's what they want, if they want a center in a turn. But it doesn't seem like the Pacers are going to do that considering they're playing some good basketball right now. They're, you know, playing some good basketball early in the season, so I don't think they're going to go and trade Miles Turner right now. But there are guys that are free agents. Jermichael Green, Nerwins Noel, the Clippers need to go out there and find a way to get another four and a five. Get another power forward and get another center. They need help. They lack some depth now. With Mason Plumlee going down and Vita Zubats really struggling, they're lacking some depth. In the game overall, Paul George is 7-20 from the floor, 2-10 of 10 from three, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 steals, an assist, and a block. They obviously do need better shooting from overall, just 7-20 from the floor. James Harden just took 9 shots. He was 4-9 of nine from the floor, 2-5 of five from three, 8 rebounds, had 12 points, and... Five assists, two steals. He was booed just about the entire game every time he touched the ball, it felt like. And obviously, he played on the Nets, won it out of there, and so that's why the fans booed him. But he didn't really let it phase him. Did have a good night shooting the ball, just four of nine from the floor, but an efficient night overall, considering he only took nine shots. Kawhi Leonard, seven of 16 from the floor in this one, one of six from three. Had six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block, 17 points. Russell Westbrook finished the game six of 18, one of five from three. They were leaving him open a lot, and Russ was really hot to start the season shooting, so I'm fine with him shooting the ball if he's open. Especially a good amount of those, he had a lot of space. But if he hits maybe two for five, I think people are happier at the end of the day than one for five. Overall, he also had seven rebounds, eight assists, and also added in 13 points. 
Zoo had 5-9 from the floor shooting, 10 rebounds, an assist, and 3 blocks. Did play well defensively in this one. Norman Paul, 4-8 from the floor off the bench, 2-5 from 3, 10 points, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and a rebound. He was great defensively. One thing with Norman Paul is I always just talk about his offense, but he's been playing well defensively, especially in that one. When I saw him play in person, he hustles every play, dives and loose balls, had 2 blocks and 2 steals. So obviously an efficient night on defense. P.J. Tucker was 1 of 3 from the floor, 0 of 1 from 3. Hasn't really been doing well from 3 in the first few games for the Clippers, but I think he'll hit some occasionally. He doesn't really shoot too often, but there are times he can get hot like he did in the playoffs against the Celtics when he was on the Heat. Hit some big shots for the Heat uh, in that playoff run a couple of years ago. So we'll see if he does indeed get hot at some point. He's not going to take too many shots, but if he hits maybe one or two of those three or four threes he takes a game, or four shots overall, let's say if he hits two of them, I think Clippers fans would probably take that. Terrence Mann was 0-2 from the floor, four rebounds and an assist. No points for Terrence Mann. I think he'll get going, though. 19 minutes played, first game back. I think he'll find a way to get going. And then Bones Highland, 2-6 from the floor, 0-2 from three, four points, with also two rebounds as well. So the Clippers, I think, are going to figure things out. I'm not too worried. I don't think it's panic time for them. Tonight's a big game for them against the Dallas Mavericks, a team that's been very hot to begin the year. They don't really have too much of a force in the paint. Derek Lively, a rookie from Duke, has been very good for them in the paint. I believe he'll be playing tonight. I think he was hurt at one point, but he will be playing tonight. At least he was on the injury report, I believe, at one point. But I think if you look at it, the Clippers have to find a way to stop Luka Doncic in this one. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, they're starting to figure things out. They're starting to gel. The Clippers have the defense to stop them, and they've obviously had a great battle against Luka over the last few years. There's some history there. A lot of tension. So it's going to be a game that matters, and it's also the in-season tournament. The NBA is trying to mix things up. They're trying to make games in the regular season matter more, especially earlier on in the season. They're trying to make it more exciting and make people watch. But I'm not really the biggest fan of the tournament, since I think the end goal always should be to win the NBA Finals, not really the in-season tournament. But these games in the tournament, especially in the pool round, they do count towards a regular season record, so they are important to some degree. They are. Because it does count towards a regular season record. The Clippers are playing their first one tonight versus the Dallas Mavericks. The Celtics will also play in their first one tonight versus the Brooklyn Nets. I haven't really given too much thought into this tournament. I never really gave any predictions for it. But if I had to give a prediction, I think the Western Conference winner, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't really give too much thought into this, but I like the Timberwolves and the direction they're going. Anthony Edwards has looked great to begin the season. So I'm going to go with them winning the Western Conference part of the in-season tournament. And then in the East, I'm between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to roll with the Philadelphia 76s. I'll say the Sixes versus the Timberwolves, and I'm going to give the Timberwolves the win in the in-season tournament. Probably a big hot take. I didn't really give too much thought into this. It really was just something I ended up just giving live here right now since I wanted to talk about it. But I really do like the direction that the Timberwolves are going. Anthony Edwards is a superstar, already turning into a future MVP. I think people are seeing that this season. I've talked about it on my radio show over the last couple of years. I think Anthony Edwards is the future of the NBA. I think people are seeing that this year, how great he has looked on offense. He's just so calm, cool, and collected when the game is in his hands in clutch time. And that's one thing that you can't really ever take away from Anthony Edwards. He wants a ball in his hands when the game matters most. He had a lot of big shots against the Celtics the other night when the Celtics lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota. And then on the Eastern Conference side, the Sixers have figured things out, it seems like, with James Harden gone. Tyrese Maxey's look great. Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. They've seemed to figure things out. I was between the Bucks and the Sixers. I wrote the Sixers there since I didn't really have the Sixers doing too much in the playoffs, I believe, in my regular season predictions. So I wanted to have them do something in my predictions here. So I'm going to have them going to the finals in the in-conference tournament. And I'm going to go with the Minnesota Timberwolves beating them in that one. That's just a quick thought process on it. Maybe I'll give more predictions on it at some point soon, but don't really have too much time to dive into it. One other thing I want to note about the Clippers that I want to mention, seeing those five guys play in person, that's starting five, I think things could work there. I really do. Zoo does have to be better than he's been to begin the season. 
He needs to be better defensively and on offense. He's been really struggling getting his hands on the ball. His coordination has been tough. He has to get better at pick and roll defense. Has to get better defending and rebounding as well. I mean, rebound is a big part of the game. We have him out there to grab rebounds. He needs to be better on that. But I think this starting five can work. I really do. I know a lot of people want Russell Westbrook or James Harden to go on the bench and then keep Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the start lineup with one of those guys. I think this starting five can work. I would still roll with this starting five. I still have confidence in these guys to figure things out. Give it 10 to 12 games of this starting five, and then I'd mix things up. I think this starting five could work. I know a lot of people want to move Russell Westbrook to the bench, but he's been great for the Clippers and stepping over from the Lakers. He's been one of the best players for the Clippers. I think things can work in the starting five. I want to see another few games of it. At least six or seven more games of it, ideally 10 more games, before we make a decision to throw one of them on the bench. I think the Clippers need a backup big man. I think that's a big issue for them. With Mason Plumlee going down, he was more valuable to the team in that second unit than he got credit for when he was out there healthy. And I think we saw that once he went down, the Clippers' second unit kind of fell apart without him. They really needed him out there. I think they need to go and get another backup four and a backup five, like a Jermichael Green and Nerlens Noel. I think that would help this team a ton. I really do. Anyways, I will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one. I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.